Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes the third session of the five-part Living the Dream series, entitled The Potiphar Test. His scripture text is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 39, verses 7 through 12. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick brought us the last two of four statements about purity and the first two of five things we need to know about impurity, including two ways that the devil works. On this broadcast, he'll bring us the other three things to know about impurity, including three things that are required to walk in the light. He'll conclude session three by teaching us seven principles of purity. And now... Here's Brother Rick. When I was a kid, I learned this principle because my father used to take me groundhog hunting in the coal mines. And he always had a flashlight, and it wasn't worth a nickel. He had to beat it on his hand to get the thing to come on. You ever had one like that? And it was a little thing, but he wouldn't let you touch it. In fact, when I was a kid, come here, Dave. When I was a kid, he would say to me, you don't need the light, boy. Just put your finger through that belt loop there in the back. Just run your finger through a belt loop, would you? And this is the way he would lead me through the darkest coal mine in Harlan County. And did you know in that darkness, I was imagining every kind of rattlesnake. You know, there's snake in them there, woods. And I'm scared of snakes. Did I mention that? And I would walk in the light as he was in the light. Did you know what's required of that? Number one, you got to stay close to him. Number two, you got to walk in the light he's already showed you. And number three, you got to wait on him to take the next step. Listen to me, friend. You want light in your life? You better get intimate with Jesus. He's the light of the world. Do you understand that? And if you'll walk in the light as he's shown you light, there'll be purity come in your life. So impurity is going to open the door to deception. Light is going to drive it away. Here's the third thing. Impurity will affect my family. Exodus tells me that God will visit the iniquities. I told you in the last lesson, the difference between transgression and outward action. And iniquities is an inward motive. God is going to visit the iniquities of my heart to the third and fourth generation. It's not good enough, Sister Judy, that I never commit adultery on my wife. I have to have a pure heart. Because if my heart's corrupt, though I never, quote, quote, carried out, Jesus said, you already committed in your heart, and the curse of that will follow three and four generations. Boys, listen, we have got to examine our heart and make sure we're not living a lie. That we're pure people, that we are what we say we are. Since impurity can be visited in generations to come. And let me just tell you, impurity is always lust. It's never love. That whole ideal of, well, what is a piece of paper for people that love one another? You ever heard that, John? Listen, a piece of paper ain't nothing but a piece of paper. Now, the blessing of God, on the other hand, is altogether something different. <laughs> now, how many of you know it's not the piece of paper that you want? It's the blessing of God. And if you don't get the piece of paper, you don't have the blessing. I tell people, you're right. The piece of paper is a piece of paper. Blessing of God altogether different. You want the blessing of God on your life? See, lust opens the door. And if we'll just keep the gate shut. Everybody say, shut the gate. And he'll be out of your yard. Keep the gate locked, and you won't have to worry about what gets in your yard. So handle it quick. 
What you let into your life, you let into your family. Well, I don't want my children battling that. Amen. So the Bible tells us in the same scripture in Exodus that the blessing of the Lord goes a thousand years. Wow, a thousand generations. So in other words, I make the choice as a gatekeeper of my family whether they're going to walk in generations to come in cursing or blessing. Wow. In fact, I'm going to say that backwards. Wow. An amazing responsibility God's given us. Here's number five. Impurities will affect your future. Blessed are the pure in heart, Matthew 5, 8 tells us, because they'll see God. How many of you knows in the end of time, everybody's going to see God? What's this talking about? This is talking about if you're pure in heart, you'll see God's intervention in your daily life. He'll show up if you stay pure. God's promised to intervene in the lives of those that keep their life pure. So the presence of the Lord is the key to blessing. How many of you know that? He says in Psalm 16 11, Thou will show me the path of life. Notice that. For in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand pleasures evermore. What is the path of life? And what is the key to the blessing of the Lord? Walking it with Jesus. His presence brings prosperity. So God's guidance and blessing and fullness and a joy-filled life is connected to me staying pure with him. Not perfect. Everybody say, not perfect. Not perfect. Pure. Get out of your mind. I got to live perfect and realize I got to be pure. Now, here's some principles for purity I want to share with you this morning. And I think they'll help you, and we're just going to go over these, and then we'll close in prayer. Number one, here's a key to you. Number one, choose not to look. If looking's going to bring lusting, choose not to look. Now, how many of you know you make a, ch- a choice every time? You know, I, I get amazed at people. Well, I can't help looking. Listen, liar, liar, pants on fire. You make a choice every time? You don't have to look. Flashing through the TV screen, you don't have to look. In fact, if you'll be honest, many times flashing through, you know what you ought to flash over. I'm going to turn my back so I won't see who says amen. Amen? Don't look. If you don't look, you won't lust. If you don't lust, you won't open the door to deception. This is what Joseph is teaching us. Here's the second thing you got to understand. Day by day. Let me just go back there to don't look. Psalms 103 or Psalms 101 3 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Job says, I'll make a covenant with my eyes. Boy, we need some eye covenants, don't we? Make a covenant with your eyes. Number two, day to day I put, I had to pray. <laughs> How many understand you don't conquer lust? I had one guy tell me, and he honestly was trying to tell me this except he was lying. He told me, he said, I got to a place I'm not even tempted anymore. I said, What about your lying spirit? Listen, day by day, you got to pray. Say something you're going to conquer and put it in the back, and it's always going to leave you alone. Are you crazy? It's a part of your human nature to lust after things you got no business for. It's a part of your nature. How are you going to conquer it? Day by day, I have to pray. Here's number three. Fill your mind with the Word of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your body a living sacrifice. Be ye not conformed to this word. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I remember when I first got saved, I used to sit in church, Pastor, and I would shake my head all the time trying to get dirty thoughts out of my mind. People thought I had some kind of tick or something. Because I was always doing this all during church because my mind was full of trash. How many understand you can't do that and get rid of thoughts? How many understand the more you try not to think about something, the more you think about it? If I say to you right now, do not think about a pink elephant. Is your mind clear of it? No, it gets pinker. Yeah, it gets pinker. The more you try not to think about it, the pinker it gets. 
If I say don't think about a blue zebra, then I can say to you, where's a pink elephant? Because no matter how brilliant you are, you can only entertain one thought. And if your mind is ever on the word of the living God, it won't be on the trash the enemy's trying to give you. You choose what you think. Renew your mind. Number four, be honest and accountable. And I recommend you establish first accountability with your companion. Because see, all you have to do is just confess one time how stupid you've been. And it'll help you not to be as stupid next round. Listen to me. The only way to handle victimization is vocalization. And either you're going to vocalize your faults or you're going to be victimized by them. And whatever you bring to light, darkness has to leave. It's good preaching, Brother Rick. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Listen to me. If you will say to your wife, there is a weakness in your life, and say, I need you to help me, honey, or vice versa, she'll help you. How many of you know she'll help you? He'll help you. How many of you know he'll help you? But what you don't vocalize, victimize. Boy, you ought to get a hold of that. That's worth your while. Be accountable. Number five, keep a short list and repent quickly. Why? Because the Bible goes right on to talk about after we walk in the light. If I confess my sins. Everybody say confess. Again, speak them out. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Number six, in dealing with lust, guard against pride. Why? Because, brother, we hadn't fallen in so long. How many of you know that's the statement right before you break your neck? Because, see, when we do good for a few days, isn't it amazing? We do good for a few days, and we get proud, and then we do bad for a few days. Isn't that kind of strange how that system seems to work? What is it? We get proud how good we're doing when it wasn't us to start with. Guard against pride. Therefore, let no man, 1 Corinthians ten twelve, say, think he stands lest he falls. See, there's a lot of things I do. When I go into a motel room, a lot of times I'll take my coat off and I'll put it over the television. And I'll lay my Bible on top of it. Because I ain't going to move my Bible late at night to see stuff I don't need to see. My brother Rick. You know, another thing, I make myself accountable. And I tell certain people to ask me whether I've said anything before my that I shouldn't have looked at. Brother Rick, are you that weak? You better believe I am. I know who Rick Clinton is. That's why I'm trying to guard it. I know what I was before Jesus came in my life. Eh? I know what a perverted thinker I was. And listen, I'm a man of God. You better believe it. But I'm still a man of God because I set up safeguards in my life. And the Bible teaches us in Leviticus to put banisters around the roof of your house. They had to put banisters around because that's where social gatherings was on the roof of the house. And let somebody fall off the roof and kill themselves. And let me just tell you, you better have some banisters in your social life lest you fall victim to your own stupidity. Set yourself some safeguards. I just talked yesterday to a couple, Christian couples, going out to eat all the time, no boundaries in their life, one left with the other man's wife. What are you talking about? I'm talking about preachers I hear every week falling. Why? Because they don't have safeguards in their life. How many would rather me put a coat over a TV and cover it with a Bible and make myself accountable and be around in the next 30 years to still proclaim the gospel? You better set some boundaries in your life because you're not as strong as you think you are. And when you think you stand, lest you fall. I am with this last thing. Number seven. Be merciful to other people. Why? Because you're going to need mercy. You're not going to walk this life out without failure. 
David did. He was a man after God's own heart. Be merciful. Right after, or right before, blessed is appearing heart. For they shall see God. It says, blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. You're going to need mercy. Better sow mercy. Well, I don't know how in the world so-and-so could have done what they done. Because they were human beings just like you. People always want to talk to me about Ted Haggard, Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker, Jim Jones. You better show mercy. Amen. Because <laughs> you're going to need mercy. You're not going to walk through life without that. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Help us, God, to make the right choices on how we'll handle lust. and Help us to pray Fill our minds with your word and be honest and quick to account of ourselves. Lord, help us not to keep long lists, but to repent. God, help us, Lord, not to get caught up in pride when we do well, unless we have to circle the mountain again. God, help us when we see others that have fallen to be one that's full of the spirit and mercy and grace that can restore. God, as we deal with the true issues, Lord, that will get us to the place you called us to be in our dream. Help us, Lord, to deal with pride and help us to keep ourselves pure. We need your intervention and the pure in heart. We'll have it. In Jesus' name, seal this word in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.